another episode of the Million Dollar Convos podcast. On this episode, we have a young lady who embodies the phrase, you're going to do it. You understand? She studied law, worked in a field before, and realized that her calling was more towards the finance um, arena. Um, she's an entrepreneur. Um, she's an author, um, influencer on Instagram. And she's also a financial advisor and coach. So on this episode, we have Miss Anna Palomino. Um, Anna, how are you doing today? I am good. I'm good. Thanks for having me. I have coffee here, so all is well with the world. <laughs> uh, okay, great, great. So tell me if I got that last name right, though. Palomino? Yeah. Yes. Anna Palomino. Okay, excellent, uh, excellent. So let's get into um, finding out who Anna is. For most of our audience, probably... Um, they don't know who you are, right? On that first page of that first book of your autobiography, you're an author, right? What, who, how would you describe yourself? How would you describe Anna? I would say I'm a very practical person. That's the first word that comes to mind. I feel like that's probably the most uh, dominant word that would describe me, practical, feasibility, um, ambitious, my ambitions, though, I believe are not according to societal standards. They are based on what I genuinely want for my life, regardless of what society tells me. Um, I'm family oriented. I, uh, what, what else can I say? I take whatever I decide to take seriously, I'm going to take it seriously. I love to laugh and I love coffee. I think that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. So have you mentioned something very important a while ago um, as it relates to your ambitions not aligning with the generic um, you know, mode of what's supposed to happen in a young person's life. Have you um, met or have you gotten into any conflict with, you know, along the way in not actually following that um, conventional path? <laughs> several times actually the first time I believe I realized what was happening was when I decided to leave law to uh enter the field of finance um the way I say it now it sounds very fancy and it sounds very sophisticated but when I tell you that I decided to leave law to sell insurance that caused a whole other problem because I believe insurance is 100% necessary, yes, but the stigma that you know insurance agents tend to have tend not to be very good. So having disclosed that I'm going to, you know, in, in our society, if you're yeah, honest yeah. with yourself, our parents yeah. and society tell us that we need to either be doctor, lawyer, doctor, engineer, space, something, I don't know, there's something, to, it's after just some bigger, you know, yeah. like that kind of thing. So for me to say that I'm going to do away with the societal standard, the societal norm to pursue what I deep down knew that I wanted to do, that caused a conflict. Um, not, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that it was a conflict where, you know, my life was disrupted because I'm the kind of girl, I don't really, I don't really care what people think or people say about me. So if they tell me that, you know, actually very many people told me to my face that I was an idiot for leaving law and, that I'm not, I'm only book smart, I'm not street smart, all sorts of things. Wow. But yeah, to my face, I mean, even more behind my back, but you know, eventually how life works. It, what's mm -hmm. in the dark comes, <laughs> comes to life. Comes to life. Agreed, agreed. agreed. So, so, I mean, so, that, so that transition came um, with a lot of, well, I mean, you said you don't care. So even though these things were said about you, you know exactly where you wanted to go and how you wanted to live your life. Um, mm -hmm. Outside opinion or external opinion didn't matter, right? So in a in a so filtering now into another question, where external um, factors seem to pull a lot of people in directions that um, they're not necessarily want. They don't want to literally pursue. Mm -hmm. How do you um, kind of format your mind to not internalize everything externally? Well, in order to, I'm, I'm going to address your question in two parts, um, even though you've only asked me one question. <laughs> but the, the, la the latter point I'm going to take last, how I managed to not internalize it is, 
I told you, I, I don't care. So I don't really care what anybody else is saying. I know what I'm going for. I know what I'm going after. I know why I'm doing the things I'm doing. I don't care. I have a rule. If you are not affecting my finances, you're not affecting my happiness in terms of my personal life. Your opinions do not matter to me. I, I, I don't know how else to say it. I just don't care. You know, on top of that, I have a very sarcastic personality. <laughs> so um, sometimes people will say things and I just, I make a joke. I just troll the comments. I probably do a video trolling the comment because at the end of the day, it's more important to me for you to realize how, you know, how you should be ashamed of yourself for, um, you know, trying to, your op- right, trying to intimidate and stating your own opinion on somebody else's life. It's, that's more important to me for you to say how you come across. So I will make a video trolling the comment or I don't know, just making a joke of it. I don't really take things to heart really. So on the on the flip side to that now where you try not to take in a lot of the external factors, you must have some sort of mentors or guides that you more look to and maybe follow their opinions. So who, who would you say has been the most influential person in your life to who you've become today? Okay, this is gonna sound very bad because mm-hmm. I mean the people you've interviewed before, pretty, pretty, pretty solid. By the way, I must commend you, pretty solid cast. Um, I'm going to tell you, though, that I don't have a single mentor um, in the traditional sense of the word. I, I have people who have studied their lives. They don't know me from anywhere, <laughs> but I know everything about them. I know how to take a coffee. I know everything <laughs> because I believe it's... Boy. <laughs> huh? They your coffee though. <laughs> That's very important to me. Um, but it's more what's what's important to me in terms of having a mentor. It's that I I'm gonna look for people who have done or achieved what I've achieved already, and mm-hmm. I'm gonna try as much as possible to sort of mm-hmm. mimic their strategy. So right. as it relates to having a sit-down mentor, a face-to-face mentor, somebody who I sit down and check in with on a daily basis or a weekly or monthly basis. I don't have one of those. Um, not because I don't want one. It's just so <laughs> difficult to find somebody to align, you know, or personalities align. That's something that people don't realize, you know. I'll still, I'll still count those though because I myself would say that I have some sort of like online fathers in terms of like Patrick McDavid, Jordan Peterson. There are persons who you can look look to for some mm-hmm. sort of guide and insight into your mindset, into what books to read and. Just as you said, you study them, especially persons in your own field. You study them and sort of mimic the type of path that they, they've taken or see where you can apply things out of their life, in your life, what th- to progress. What, what, I th- what I think she's saying is that she doesn't have a singular person that she can zone in and say, oh, mm-hmm. this is the person. Yeah. Yeah. Right. The person that I am, I am actually, you know, taking all my notes from, right? So Jason, right. go ahead. Yeah, so what I wanted to ask you, Anna, as you mentioned earlier, you know, you studied law and you decided to do something completely opposite. So pretty much you're going against the grain, as they put it. You know, there are a lot of young individuals out there <laughs> going to university right now. They don't know why they're doing what they're doing. Mm-hmm. You understand? But, you know, you push through. Like, what was that process like for you going against the grain? You know, because in everything in life, nothing is guaranteed. But, you know, they say no risk, no reward. You get me? Right. What was the process for you? Well, for me, um, so what's it, I think something that I, I could tell you guys is that I actually never told anybody that I was going to make the jump. I'm the kind of person I prefer to just do and bam, surprise, this is what's happening. Yeah. I don't, I don't, you're not going to find me announcing my, what I'm going to be doing before I do it. So what had happened was I was in law and I mean, I decided to study law because my father <laughs> had been telling me from when I was a kid that, you know, I was going to be a lawyer and of course, just so mm-hmm. the more I thought, the more it just makes sense that law I'm supposed to do. But um, he passed away and that to me just solidified the fact that I had to go and do law because I mean, you know, this is just what I had to do. But I've always been a money-oriented person. And I know how that sounds. I know how it sounds. Again, no, no, no. Like, this no, is, this is the platform. Money-oriented. You're, you're sounding like you're, you're like on the same way. In oral language. You understand? <laughs> 
Well, I've always been money oriented. Even when I was like, when I was like, when I was a child, when I was going to school, I think it just started in my household. My father would tell me he would force me to go to work with him. He'd force me to learn certain things um, uh, that, that he would have to teach me. And it's just, you know, if you want this kind of money, go come, go make some up. If you make five mop, you get X amount of money. And that's how, you know, I was source of raised. So when I decided to do law, it was because I'm not going to lie to you. I thought law was supposed to be this field that was going to be, I'm going to be balling. I'm going to be balling in all this money. That's what I thought was going to happen. Uh, but Chris, <laughs> that yeah. was not what was happening. You thought so. <laughs> I mean, be honest, like when you, even when you watch TV, you see the characters in, in the TV shows, they are balling, but what a lot of, um, what of a lot of, 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 of law students or people who aspire to do law in Jamaica don't know is that it's not the same period. It's not the same at all as in, in the States. In the States, if you do law, yeah, you're balling. Here, not so much. So when I actually got into the field and I was hearing the kind of paycheck that, you know, was the norm, even if you're doing very well. When I matched out, I'm not going to lie to you, I matched out that I said, at the time I was living in Portmore, I wanted to move to Kingston, Omega pay rent with this, Omega the care payments, Omega the, it just wasn't feasible, it wasn't practical. And I was not about to wait the 10 years that, you know, in Jamaica, the, the young lawyers must, I don't remember the phrase, but you basically must work and learn and work and learn yeah, for 10 years. You have to be seasoned, basically. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't about that. So I knew that my end game was I wanted to get a certain place with respect to my finances. And starting with that end goal, I worked in the reverse to realize that law wasn't it. So I needed to find another field. Mm -hmm. um, as to how I got into insurance, <laughs> I was actually in a restaurant slash bar. I saw a group of young people come in. They were dressed to the like when, when I tell you these people, they looked like they were coming out of a flipping movie. That's what I mean. I mean, they're pulling up in some Benz, they're pulling up in some BMW. I'm like, wait, what's going on here? Yeah. I had some, I had some room in my system. So <laughs> I had the courage to go up to them and be like, um, you don't know me, but what do you do? Tell me. They told me that they sold insurance and that was, the rest was history. The next day I made contact with the hiring manager, which he's really the manager, asked him the process, what was I supposed to do? He told me I needed to go to insurance college. I did all of that without anybody knowing. I was still doing law. I was in my office studying. I was in my office supposed to be doing law. Mm -hmm. But I was studying for my insurance exam, so that's kind of how that happened. So you're you're basically the epitome of moving in silence. Yeah, yeah, not just like with business, just generally in life. It, like even me moving to Colombia, I kind of just got, I just kind of got up and I well, what you think is I got up and I just came here, but oh. even that's though, not what happened. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I I'm I'm kind of curious as it relates to your personal brand right so no a lot of people um don't utilize your brands to grow um both um financially and personally right no followers is just a metric they use to appease um themselves self-validation but also it seems as if you are leveraging that following to not only progress yourselves, but to change the life of others. Now, that's a respectable um, attribute, um, quality, that I must commend you on because it's, it's not frequent. So how has the personal brand from, you know, the starting of your financial career to know, how has that shaped and changed the way you thought about, um, you know, leveling up, thought about educating people um, and even the transition you made from law to finances. Like how was all that culminated into this person, this personal brand journey that you've created? I, I mean, 
uh, even now, I'm going to be honest with you, even now, I don't even see myself as a brand. I don't, I, if you ask me how many followers I have on Instagram, I could not tell you. If you ask me how many followers or, or subscribers I have on YouTube, I could not tell you. Because, um, I, I mean, I could give an idea to YouTube because of the artwork that I do when I put out a video, I'm able to see, but I can't tell you down to, you know, how many I have. And it's because it's not about that for me at all. It's not. For me, if you, if you know anything about me or how I am on social media, you know that quickly. My Instagram, for example, it's not a business page and it's not a personal page. It's a me page. So you see me post some financial content. You see me post a video on how to do this or explain what NFTs are. And then the next post, you probably see me eating sushi because I wanted, to me, it's a platform to connect with uh, people all over the world and to, you know, impart what I've learned, whether it's through a mistake or just through regular life. It's for me to share what I learned with others. So authenticity is something that's very big for me. Very big. So, I mean, if you ask me about personal brand and them things, I could tell you, I I don't <laughs> see it that way <laughs> at all. I mean, I mean, I mean and, and probably that's the, and probably that's um, probably the best thing about it. You're, you're building that brand and you probably don't even know because you genuinely love it, right? Yeah, she's being um, and she exactly she's being herself. So how and talk to us about that um the author journey because you know <laughs> finance finances, um financial coach, and then you know, pivoting to author. How 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 does that add up? And then I heard you speak about um artwork that you were doing for your YouTube channel. It seems like you're a bit of a creative. All right, so you know what? Let me let me tell you. So I realize that you guys probably are looking for a linear explanation. I don't have one. <laughs> I don't have one. All of the things that I've done just have organically evolved. You know, I how the book came about. I was a financial advisor at Sajipur. I sat before maybe six, seven, eight people per day, and just me talking. General to me, it's basic information. I cannot tell you how many times people would just be so shocked at the information that I was telling them because they didn't know. So m- the book was actually my way of, oh, all right, let me just not have to repeat this eight times a day. <laughs> let me just, I'm going to put all this information in one place, right? Um, because if these people don't know, I can just imagine what the broader Jamaica is going uh, through, you know? So I wrote the book, <laughs> To do that, in fact, the fir- I wrote that book twice. The first time I wrote it, it was a very straight to the point, matter of fact book. You know, you want to buy a house, step one, step two, step three. You want to buy a car, step one, step two, step three. But after I, I had my sister read it because she's she's younger than me, and her age group was the age group I was um, basically, you know, writing the book for. So when I gave her the book to read, she. She, t- she said a book boring and she can't but I finish it and it just that was not it <laughs> all sorts of things so <laughs> I went back and I rewrote totally it honest. Yep. So, yep that's her I rewrote it I decided to approach it from just how I approach life you know in, when I'm explaining a principle to somebody generally I tend to explain to them how I learned that principle you know whether it's through a mistake and what I did wrong or, you know, mm-hmm. guys, these are the things you need to know. So I rewrote it from that point of view. And so that book came about right. as it relates to my YouTube channel. Again, that wasn't a, some grand plan. Mm-hmm. I used to, mm-hmm. just like you see on my Instagram now, I used to record videos explaining principles and topics, but the videos were so long and it was taking forever to upload on Instagram. What's it called? IGTV. It was taking forever so my sister actually suggested go, go start a YouTube channel because she's, she already had one. So she just told me to, to go do that. I decided to start a YouTube channel and that's how it started. There's no real linear explanation as to why I'm doing any of the things I'm doing. I, I mean, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. There's, no, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. It just, it just seems like the way how it looks outside looking in, because the moves are are purposeful, it yeah, seems it's, as if you had a plan. But it's good to know. Yeah, it's good to know that you know this is just a natural progression from what's happening in the present. Now, presently, you know everybody in Jamaica 
you know, apparently I let go of the burden. Some people tend to want to let go of their finances and all of their money and, and through lost things that they don't necessarily need, right? So you writing books like this now and educating people at a level um, in which, you know, they're not used to, um, you know, what, what, what are some of the uh, most shocking things that you realize that people don't know? Boy, I wish, I wish I could tell you one. I wish I could tell you just one. I'm going to tell you one that I heard, <laughs> I heard very recently. <laughs> and I mean, I, I, listen, I'm not a judge. I don't judge at all. I don't judge at all. But when I heard this, not that I was judging the person, I actually, actually, it was a client, a new client. I actually had to say to the client, you thought, what? <laughs> How did you think this? Mm. The thing is, um, <laughs> you use a credit card, apparently you have to pay back within a particular period of time um, or else they're going to slap you with interest. Apparently the person thought, and this, yeah. this is not a new thing. It's not a new thing. I'm telling you, the person thought it was a rollover type thing. So they give you a minimum payment. You just make a minimum. You're good. You're safe. It, the balance rolls over the next month. You pay the minimum. You're good. You're safe again. Balance rolls over to the next month. So many people think that paying the minimum balance is what stops the, the interest clock. That's not it at all. Another thing is that, and this is not really so much to do with a financial principle, but it's that you don't have to keep up with the Joneses, you know? You don't have to. Nobody's putting a gun to your head to keep up with the Joneses. In fact, I'll tell you a secret. The Joneses, I'm going to tell you two secrets. First, the Joneses don't even know who you are. So you, it's kind of ridiculous for you to try to impress somebody who don't even know you exist. That's the first thing. Second thing is the Joneses who you think are the Joneses tend not to be the Joneses. It's all about image. It's about... Bread, you know, bread that one huh? Bread, bread that one down. Yeah, I, I am. It's about, as I said, it's about image. You know, you see somebody pull up in a Range Rover, somebody pull up in a GLE Benz. And they live in cherry gardens and you're like, man, damn, that's the life. And you're there killing yourself to impress this person. Only to find out this person is in severe debt. But it's not your business to know that. So why would you know that? Right. End of the day, you just need to run your own race. You have your own challenges. I have my own challenges. I don't see the need for us to be comparing and competing. It makes absolutely no sense. Well, I think, I think the issue here, Anna, is, is that most of the people trying to keep up with the Joneses spend at least eight hours a day on the media channels, um, you know, re via the media, actually internalizing all of this. And this is where it starts, right? I'm sure you know you're smiling, so you know exactly what I'm talking about. So because it's, it's almost inherent for them to try because this is what they're seeing all day, every day, right? And this is on loop 365 days for the year. It becomes a part of you. So like what then is the, because getting the financial education in front of them is fine, but keeping the focus on financial education, like how do we, how do we um, begin to address that, right? Because as you, some people find it. Some parts. Sorry, I lost it. Last part, yeah. You're breaking up, Brian. Repeat what you said. Now I was saying, I was saying, some people find it very boring, but it's necessary. <laughs> so, no, 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 bro. Like there's some people who just don't care energy. Don't then just spend money, uh, and if I dirt, I dirt. You understand? Yeah. But how do we actually, how do we actually, you know, start to to format ourselves as a society, as a culture, to actually normalizing this? You see, um, you know, groups like um, Eight Seven Six Invest Yourself getting into the space and influencing young people, ourselves, ourselves, getting into the space, influencing young people. But I still think the charge um, on the back end needs to be heavier. To, to sway this upcoming generation to get there. So I'm, I'm, I'm just wondering, like, in your opinion, any, any opinion, like, how do we try to, to, to increase this charge? How do we get it, well, um, is, you know? 
The first thing is, um, and that's one of the reasons why it is so important to me for my social media uh, platforms to be as authentic as possible. Um, because it's very important that you see the reality of it. You know, um, for example, in my Instagram stories, I post my real life, you know, it's not just what is glamorized. If I wanted to post glamorous things, I could have. But as you said, we have a problem as a society. And you are absolutely correct when you said that it's on loop 365 days of the year because of the socials. So, I mean, as it relates to swaying youngsters, I, I don't believe it's a case where the government or whoever needs to be swaying anybody. It's a case where the message that needs to be brought across is that instead of you trying to imitate somebody's life you need to figure out what you want for your own life and you start there so for example one of the reasons why you see so many youngsters just imitating what they see on social media is because they have no direction they don't know where they're trying to get to they don't know what they want for their own life so they're going to look to the social media channels to sort of get an idea as to what they could want for their life um I am the prime example. Listen, I don't talk, I don't put myself on a pedestal and talk, you know, I go through this. I'm the prime example. When I was growing up, I, I'm not even going to say when I was growing, I mean, we're growing up every day, but in, in my 20s, in my early 20s, I never had an idea as to what I wanted my life ultimately, ultimately to look like. So what happened was, you know, you start making a couple of shillings and you start hanging out in the uptown crowd and you see the uptown people have this, oh, all right. Maybe I should get that. The uptown people want this. Maybe I should want that. You know, and that's the kind of, um, that's the direction I I went into. So I think it starts with, you need to sit down and figure out what you want for your life. What you want, not what society tells you that you should want. Because society tells you, must go be Dr. Indian, whatever chief or whatever the saying says. Society says, must go married as soon as government say, okay, I'm married. Society says, must go in a chapel and get married you need to figure out what it is that you want for your life and you chart a course based on what you want the end goal to look like no it's not going to be a guarantee that it's going to look like that because nobody knows what's you know what life holds but how i look at it is i prefer to have this grand plan i prefer to have this tedious multi-level plan as to what direction I want my life to go in and I work every day assiduously in that direction then I sit down and just be like well nobody knows what life is going to bring so vibes I'm just going to imitate people and just what can come so we just need to more of us need to be um more of us need to just be real just be real just show what if you don't want to share your life don't go on socials that well that's true, but um, you know, really not selling it, Anna. Really not selling no more, you know. You know, you know everybody upon this thing where it's, it's it's fake it till you make it, and most yeah. of them, polo, you know, polo, polo for days, you know. <laughs> you know, see, it's crazy, crazy, it's crazy because they live these fake lives, um, so so perfectly, right? Um, so what you see, what you're seeing a while ago, I definitely agree with it right i definitely agree 100 percent. but the poll on instagram it's, it's it's still massive you know tiktok all of these other social i mean the average you know, person is about four social well, she mentioned, she mentioned right? something else that and that, really not to cut mm-hmm. you but you mentioned something else because we realize that there issue can also do with the socials but then she also mentioned something about your circle in terms of those who you might hang out with or the visions that they might have Right. So if you're Agreed. also around persons with limited vision and limited scope, you're mm-hmm. often going to find yourself mm-hmm. in that type of position as well. So even if you're stuck in your phone, maybe take a look at reality and notice the per- even the persons around you and see what they are about and sort of say, should I be really be hanging out with you still if you don't have any vision for yourself? Mm-hmm. Because... <laughs> I, mean, I mean, we're all here. I mean, we're all here because... We, we, we take that approach in a Kamari, hmm. but um, I, I'm trying not to be a pessimist here. I'm trying to be, I'm trying to be, I'm trying to be pragmatic, right? So right. a lot of people are going to subscribe to that, but as it relates to subscribing to it 
for, for, for personal validation from that same group of people, or is it a lifestyle that you acquire? I think there is the difference, bro. Everybody's no, taking what I'm trying to say is that, I mean, <laughs> what are you trying to seek validation from? All of, none of us here, yeah. none of us here have a game plan at, on life. None of us here know what we're doing. All of us are winging it. It's not like I am over here. I know exactly how this life thing was. It's just that I probably know more about finance. You probably know, know more about, um, um, what do you call it? Um, journalism and all of these yeah. things. But nobody knows 100% what's going on. So why am I going to try to seek validation from you who also don't know what you're doing? It just yeah. makes no sense. That's right. what I'm trying to say. And I mean, what, Kamari made a, a great point as it relates to your circle. But the thing is, and I'm telling you this from personal experience, the thing is, we tend to be afraid to shake up our circle because we care too much about what people think. Again, you don't want to let go off of this friendship because, first of all, how are you going to even approach this person? You're going to tell them, say, boy, you know, say, me, I grow faster than you and say, me, can't be friends. You know? What are you going to say? <laughs> That's the first thing. That's a bit, yeah. Or, or, yeah. or we're just afraid of being alone. Right? Or you're afraid of being alone. And that's, I mean, listen, I'm no therapist and I'm probably, I probably give the worst advice because again, I don't have a playbook on this thing called life. But yeah. for me, mm -hmm. what I think is that what works for me, I think somebody on an interview um, last week and they asked me this question. What I do, my life is, is so incredible. I, I, I personally, I mean, if I allow myself to think about it, I don't think it's healthy, but it works. That's what's important is that I don't have very many friends. I am single. I, I don't have a big family, but I fill my time with working towards my purpose. I work a lot. And it's not because I'm, I'm, I'm trying to meet no quota or I'm trying to please nobody. I'm not trying to do that. It's because I have a purpose and I fill my time with working towards my purpose. It's literally that. You ask me how I come up with this book and thing. It's because I'm working towards my purpose. I realized that my ultimate purpose is to make a dent in this financial literacy thing in Jamaica, in the Caribbean, in the world. All right, that's the purpose. How can I get closer to this purpose? I realized that there's a problem. People don't have access to the information. Let me write a book. Okay, so people probably not going to hear about the book as quickly as I want them to. Let me go on socials because so many people are on socials. Let me do a video explaining some of the topics. It's all about the purpose. It's not oh, about validation. My question to you, Anna, how did you find out what your purpose is? Because yeah. a lot of people are struggling with that. Yep, yeah. yep. <laughs> I, I know a lot of people struggle with it. So I know so much about it that I, in my pro, I have a program called the Money Society. The very first module that I teach or, or, or I do with my clients is figuring out your why, your purpose, things like that. How I figured out mine was by accident, if I'm to be honest with you, by 100% accident. Um, just, just honestly, I mean, I left a lot. I'm not going to tell them, sit down here and say, but in a law and Jesus come down and Jesus tell me it's a financial literacy was my purpose. And Jesus told me, I'm going to make one big dumb. Forgot, no, it wasn't that. It was literally, boy, I want some money. I'm going to go do that. That looks like it makes some money. So I'm going to jump into that field. But it's after I got into insurance sales, as a strategy to get more clients, I, and this is how I approach all of my businesses even today. As a strategy to get more clients, I look at the problem and I try to solve the problem at its root. So when I was selling insurance, the reason why I was able to get clients at the race was, was not because I was sitting in front of people telling them that you need insurance full stop. It was, what are you trying to achieve financially? And I allow them to tell me and I try to plug the gaps as to where, you know, to help them get to their financial goals. So what was happening was that I wasn't just selling insurance. I was developing entire financial plans for clients for free because I was trying to fix a problem. And then therein I realized, crap, this thing that I'm doing for free, I actually love it. I love this. I, I mean, imagine having so many clients and you still don't have to be billing out financial entire portfolios for clients for free because that's not what i was paid for so just the love of that i realized so, you know what I'm, i think this is my passion i think this is it so would you say would you say would you say would you say that moment was your paradigm shift um in in the book the seven habits of highly effective people um mm -hmm. 
you know, they usually describe the paradigm shift as a period in time or a moment in time where you realize your purpose, where you realize your mindset has changed from to pursue the future in your present, right? Mm -hmm. So would you describe like that, that moment when you realize that like, this is my paradigm shift, this is what I'm supposed to be doing, yes. And then after that, no, you say you don't necessarily plan for all of these things to happen. So how do you identify goals? How do you um, kind of channel your purpose? If you don't okay. necessarily plan. No, 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 no. You <laughs> no, no, no. Yes, I understand. It's not that I don't plan. Listen, I'm a type A personality. All I do is plan. <laughs> it's not that I don't plan. It's just that um, it's not, it's not like I sat down one day and I said, in law, I'm, you know, my ultimate, where I'm trying to get is I'm gonna be this top shallow financial advisor, and this is what this is how I'm gonna get there. It, it wasn't like that. But having gotten there, having realized what my purpose was, as the um, as it relates to the goals and the planning, it's like, as I said, this is my ultimate goal is to make a dent in financial literacy in Jamaica, illiteracy in Jamaica. Okay, based on that goal, how can I make a dent in financial literacy in Jamaica? What can I do? All right, you can do this, you can do that, you can do this, you can do that, right? Which is how um, the book, as I said, came in, was that I'm sitting in front of eight people per day trying to educate them. That was not feasible. I needed to reach more people. All right, bam, you're going to write a book, write this book, put it together, put it in one place. Okay, but that's not doing it fast enough. We need another thing. So we're going to go on socials because I've been on socials for a long time. It's just that, as I said, prior to the start of the interview, I'm a very, very, very private person. So I've been on socials for a long time. It's just that I wasn't putting myself out there like that. But because of my goal, my ultimate goal, I needed to put myself out. Well, I don't put 100% myself out there. I put enough. I needed to do that. So it's very important, as I said, you asked me a question earlier, I think I forgot to answer, how can other people find their, their, um, their purpose or what they're passionate about? I'm gonna tell you what I tell all of my clients. What tends to happen is that our passion or talents are so simple to us that we overlook them. And the reason why this is such a big problem is um, darling, it's simple to you because you, it's your, your, your gifted, <laughs> it's your talent. It's going to come effortlessly to you, but because it's so simple, you overlook, nobody would ever pay me money to do this. It's so simple. Are you mad? Except the other person can't do it. So they would pay you money to do it. So you start at so, the, the first thing you start at is you inspect you know, just what comes effortlessly to you. What can you do without effort? Don't start at what makes you happy. That's what all the gurus tell you. I'm not a guru, but I'm telling you from real life now. Don't start at what makes you happy. Drinking mm -hmm. rum makes me happy. That don't make <laughs> <that's> me <my idea. laughs> Yeah, you start at where you what, you, what can you do? What comes naturally to you? What can you do effortlessly? You start there and you explore it. Well, how, why can I do this yeah. so effortlessly? What exactly do I do effortlessly? I, I, can the average person do this effortlessly too? Are there other people doing this thing that I do so effortlessly? No, maybe I should monetize it. Uh, wow. So, so my, my I, hold on, hold on, Kamari. That's a that's a point that I want to zoning on before you ask a question. Have you, Anna? Have you had conversations or sit down with clients where you've had to discuss practicality over passion? where, you know, making financial decisions, especially when you have responsibilities beyond yourself, what then becomes the most important thing? Is it pursuing your passion? As you say, you have a talent, you do it simply. Or do you pursue what is practical right now to then transfer that practicality or whatever um, income you have from that practicality into your passion afterwards. Mm -hmm. right? I so this, this, I'm sure. 
I have a conversation with my clients, every last client, because the first word I described myself as was practical. You cannot carry passion to the supermarket and show no cashier, say you're passionate. You have to be practical. But that does not mean you are, what people tend to do is they tend to choose practicality over passion, full stop. I'm not telling you to do that. I'm telling you that you need to be practical and you need to work on your passion all at the same time. You can't afford, the thing is this, this generation that we are in, I don't know what happened, but all of a sudden nobody, Kim Kardashian said it and I don't fault her, just she probably shouldn't have said it. Um, nobody wants to work. Nobody wants to work anymore. We want to sit down and manifest. You're going to sit down Kumbaya, dip shanko, dip three time, and then the things are going to just appear. That's not how life works. You have to get up. You have to, you have to work to get some money in to get to your financial goals. You don't have any space right now at all. I tell my clients this all the time. You don't have any space to, to think about happiness and passion full stop right now. You have to put in the work first, get to a certain level. Then you have the luxury of only pursuing what makes you happy. You don't just skip to the happy part. That's not how that works. So I think we lost. Um... Yeah, I sit here. Okay. That, yeah. So we, we have to, I mean, and this is something again that I'm really passionate about. I go live on my Instagram all the time and post about it. <laughs> I don't know what happened. Nobody wants to work anymore. And, and that's one of the reasons why my program does so well. It's something that simple is that because it's so mainstream now to not work, when you yeah. come into my program and it's absolutely mandatory that you do work, when you get results, you're so shocked. You're like, oh my God, Anna is the best in life. <laughs> How did she do this? I did absolutely nothing. All you did was you, you just did some work. That was it. And even touching on that work part, Robert Kiyosaki, he would, he would really tell you that after the times you have to just do what you, you don't want to do. Precisely. Everybody wants to, as you say, with passion, everybody wants to just focus on their hobbies or, or things that they like. Sometimes you have to do that work that you really don't like to do, but it's that sacrifice that you make in order to get. That's the word. That's, that's where discipline that's comes word. into play, you know? Sacrifice. Sacrifice. There, one time I went live, I think a couple months ago, I, I, I did say I don't really care what people think but I, sh I should have qualified it. I don't care what people think about me. I care about what people think. That's important to me. Somebody made a comment and it really triggered. It triggered me so much that I went live and I did a whole rant on it, which was that I, I am in a place, I, they're basically saying where I am, I'm not in a position to you know, be telling people what I just told you, except that is what I, I did all of that. I did a job that you think I get up, you think I get up one day and say, boy, oh my, my passion is to go sell life insurance. You think I wake up every day saying that? This is what makes me so happy is to sell life insurance. Yeah, no, that was not it. I'm very open with the fact that that's, that, that's not a part that was feeding my soul at all. The part was the part I was doing for free. Right. But I did that for free for three years. I was in a job doing that where probably 70 percent of it was not what was making me happy. But I had to do it because it's called sacrifice. So now when I'm in a place where I can do what I'm passionate about, full stop, it, this is not an overnight thing. It may look overnight to you because I wasn't always putting myself out there. The crux of it is that you have to make the sacrifices. That's it. What about so what, 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 are, what are your thoughts on discipline? Because discipline is very important as well, you know. First comes sacrifice, then you have to be disciplined enough to execute whatever goals or plans you have, you know. What are your I mean, thoughts? I, I, so this is, this is another thing I teach in the money society. Well, I feel like I'm teaching everything in money society. <laughs> another thing I, I do a workshop on this. Discipline yeah. is a habit. It's not something that you are born with or without. It's a habit. You can develop it. So when you look, you crack your bullshit, say something. No, no, no. I'm not quite enough. It's just a poem, but I'm making you finish first. Okay. Yeah. When, you, uh, when, you, when you look at it from that airy fairy, 
kumbaya type of way, then you're going to be like, oh boy, I wasn't born in discipline. I can't do this, I can't do that. But for me, I look at almost everything from a psychological point of view. And when you look at it from that perspective, you realize that you can break almost anything down to a science. So when you have, when you start out with your ultimate goal for life and you break down the steps, the actionable steps to get you to that ultimate goal, it's not necessarily, a, it's not going to be such a big struggle, that discipline thing. You're going to be exercising discipline, you don't even know it because you're distracted by the actionable steps that you have to take to get to this big goal. For example, in my, when I coach my clients, I have a, they probably don't, they know, they just don't know the plan. And the, they don't know the plan for the reason I'm about to, to tell you. For every last client I have, I coach about 200, maybe 200, 220 clients per month. Every last client I have, I have a plan in my file for them. 200, but, 220 <laughs> a month? Yeah, Money Society is pretty big. And then we have private wow. clients of the Money Society. Wow. That um, is massive. But, it, it, that's that, that, that again is something that I never planned. <laughs> that is also something I never planned. Oh. I swear to you, when I resigned from Sagicore, I never resigned to do this, you know. I resigned to focus mm. on my um, on my real estate business. That's what I did. But my clients at Sagicore caught, I know, I get paid this month and based on the plan, I would say, a time for this don't. And I'm like, I don't remember. I'm not have your file. I'm not have no file on that no more. I'd be like, yeah. I'll, I'll you. Just, just tell me what to, and then it turned into to this. But what I was telling you is that the reason why for every one of my clients, I have a plan, but I don't disclose the plan to them as a whole because I need you to focus on the small steps. Mm. The okay. small ones where you're not going to have to gather in your mind, you're not forgetting no one old for discipline. You are exercising discipline now, but in your mind, you're not feel do this, you're not feel make this big sacrifice and not feel do this and not feel do that. No. If we're trying to clear your debt, for example, I'm not going to tell you we need a million dollars by next week. And then you're going to be stressed mm. out. Oh, my God, find discipline. Oh, my God, find this. Oh, my God, you don't know what for do. And you're going to paralyze yourself into inactivity. So instead of you mm. doing that, I tell my clients. So I, I, my clients can tell you, I use psychology on them all the time. I will tell them, all right, for your next session, I need you to come with a list of five things that, that you can, that you think you do well. Mm. Five things. They don't know why I'm coming with this five thing thing, but best believe by the end of the program that turned into a business that is monetized, that turns into profit, that has been turning over. And then that feeds into clearing the credit card debt or whatever it may be. So right, right. you just need to remove this whole discipline is this and discipline is not that big. It's not that big. That's why we need to, to, it's big enough, but you need to trick yourself into thinking it's not big. Let's, let's get into a little bit of what you do in the money society. Just get, so so you, you, you practically explained um, a lot of what you do, but um, what other services do you offer within the money society that people can, people listening right now can then say, okay, listen, I need that and that right now in my life. I need to get in contact. Okay, so again, I'm going to be very honest with you. Um, so there are several services that are available. They're all on my website at anapalomino.com. But again, to be honest with you, I'd love to take your money. If you're listening, I'd love to take it. But, <laughs> but, but <laughs> I'm also very fair. If you need, uh, if you're going to listen, you're going to be like, I need this in my life. There's a good chance you probably just need to join. You just need to quote this. The, you need to join the program itself. You're probably going to need just seven months. Okay. So you're probably just going to need to join a money society I have one that's an introductory, um, introductory one-time coaching session. I'm about to scrap that because I have not come across one client who needs just one session. <laughs> so I'm about to scrap, take that off as a service. There's another one, as I said, we have outside of the money society itself, I have private clients who they probably don't have the time to comfort because in the money society i teach a topic of personal finance every month i'm very big on i don't think you should just trust anybody blindly including me so i teach my clients the topics of personal finance and then i have the corresponding coaching session um in that particular month but i have clients who don't have the time to show up seven o'clock for this topic every month they probably have you know based on their schedule they, they can only come at this day that time whatever 
So those clients tend to do private coaching where it's completely on your time. Um, it's complete. It, it, yeah, it's completely on your time. Uh, that's the only difference really, because either way you take it, you have to go learn. You're not going to know for nobody. You have to learn for yourself, for know what to do. I see. All right. Yeah. All right. So, <laughs> you know, so is that, I mean, if, if I don't teach you, you're going to, you're going to always need me. And Makes that's sense. definitely my purpose. You need to know what to do. So that after you graduate from the program, you're not using me as a crutch. You know what, a crutch, you know what to do. Yeah. So after a while, just throw them in the deep end and you see what they do. But she talked about this <laughs> No, the thing is, yeah, that it's not even though it's, it, the way how the program is designed, whether private or the money society, how it's designed, it's a natural progression. So you start out a hot mess, but based on you know what we cover every month, you're gonna realize by month five, month six, uh, you're you understand. You can pretty much do it on your own. You know, the clients come back, because, not because they don't know what to do, but because they, I'm also a performance coach, a high performance coach. So I have a lot of business, business owners who are clients, they tend to come back for private coaching because they need me to drive them, drive them to their business, um, their revenue targets. That's a different thing. As are within the money society? Sorry? That, that again is within the money society or that's... That's all uh, right. So, the money, so the, okay, the so they come back. <laughs> okay, so the Money Society is a, a seven month program. So, mm-hmm. after seven months, you're going to graduate. Okay. But I have clients who they don't want to graduate, but the program oh. is done. So, they just okay. come, just convert themselves into a private client. So, they come okay. every month minus the Money Society. Oh, okay. 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 And then, what are, the, what are the aspects of business that you're, you're allowed to, or, you know, would like to share in terms of? You want people to know that they can come to you. I mean, you heard you mentioned something about real estate. That's a, a website, uh, Palo Palo Consulting. Oh, okay. So I have another business. Uh, so within real estate, I have three businesses within real estate, um, two of which I can talk about. The first is Palo Palo, as you mentioned, is pretty much just, again, plugging the, um, sorry, solving a problem that society had and that I could do effortlessly, which was that, uh, what Palapoli does is it does real estate transactions on behalf of, of people. So if you're overseas, you want to buy property in Jamaica, you probably don't know the first thing to do, or you're busy, or you don't want to jump on a plane every five seconds. You just hire us and we do the whole transaction for you. Oh, wow. Or you live in Jamaica, probably it's your first time buying property. You don't know the first thing to do. You just hire us and we do the whole process for mm-hmm. you, which that's something that I already knew. Wow. So I just, I just do it. I know a lot of persons when they, okay, you finish school and you become an entrepreneur. Some people drop out of school and become an entrepreneur, but you, in the real estate business, you're able to use your law degree still because I know that lawyers have to be involved where that's not what you practice. No, so Palapoli does have lawyers on Rasta. I don't do that because why would I? Okay. <laughs> um, but so the thing is with a Palapoli business, every single professional that you will need in the process, we have on Rasta. Which is why we can just do the whole thing for you. Oh wow! Yeah, <laughs> it's very it's very convenient. Um, I will be honest. Majority of my clients are people who they're what what, what I say they're serial um they they do serial acquisition. So they buy property all the time, but they just don't have the time, oh, or they don't yeah. want to be involved. They don't want to be bothered. So it's that kind of thing. It's just a simplified just, process. Just that's thought for me. Something like that. Just, just, yeah. just yep. 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 <laughs> that's it. I know we're winding down. I know. Uh, yeah, we're definitely winding. I have one last question before we, we get to the end. Um, Actually, I have one. Um, all right. So two questions before the end. So um, all of us here on this call have businesses, right? Um, all of us here are pursuing our purposes with vigorous intent. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I find myself becoming so consumed with what I'm doing that um, I kind of ignore everything else that's happening outside that zone. It's a dangerous, it's a dangerous place to live, but sometimes it gets the job done. Right. Um, you know, but with that, sometimes you don't notice that time is going by and there's certain things that, you know, 
we, we, we haven't done outside of business. Um, you know, what is one regret you think you would have um, by not, um, you know, spending the time and actually focusing on things that lie outside business? I mean, I know this is a bit personal, but it's not personal to the point where, you know, may I ask if you're tiring or whatever. You understand? <laughs> it's just a question. It's just a question. I think that um, a lot of us overlook as business owners because they're focusing so heavily and so much on that purpose. Well, to be honest with you, I mean, <laughs> I would probably be the worst person to ask this question. Um, listen, I have the business part figured out and I have the that part, productivity part figured out. But sir, mm-hmm. I am almost 30 and I'm unmarried. I'm not even in a relationship. I don't have children or child. I, I'm, I'm the worst person to be asking how to do this work-life balance. Anna, Anna you are young. <laughs> At 30, you, are young. You, still have, you still have time. You have a lot of time. So, I mean, but, but I don't think reason, it's necessary. The reason why I see it as, you know, fitting in, in, into your question is it's not even on the forefront of my mind. That's, that's to show you just like how bad it is. But... Mm. As it relates to regrets, um, I think I should have gone, I should have tried therapy a lot sooner. I, I still am not in therapy, but I, you know what? It's on my to-do list. I'm going to go get therapy, but I feel like I should have done it earlier because of just how I interact with people. I'm good when it comes to business. I know how to coach people. I'm a coach. I know how to coach people to get them to their results. But in my personal life, um, I'm the kind of person, if I... If I feel like you've wronged me, I'm not going to have no press conference to talk about how you wronged me. I'm just going to, you're just not going to hear from me again, um, which is not good, hence therapy. Even as it relates to my family, um, my bad habit is that my family, most times, they don't really know what's going on with me. I kind of just disappear, sort out whatever is bothering me or whatever I have to sort out. And then I reappear as if nothing has happened, except it's very obvious because I've just disappeared. So, I mean, my regret is not going to therapy. Will I go to therapy tomorrow? Doubt it, but it's on my to-do list. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. That's, that's honest, um, genuine, as, as you said. Definitely. And, and that response, I'm going to the therapist tomorrow, very practical. So I, <laughs> I think that that response kind of encompasses your whole personality here. <laughs> I think so, too. <laughs> Anna, um, we're really, we're really glad that you decided to come on. Like this has been such a wholesome conversation, and, and I, I myself have gotten some value out of it. And I, I hope that our listeners as well really, really listen to what you're saying in terms of our purpose and not just not just vibes, but not vibes. <laughs> in terms of putting in that work, the sacrifice, a lot of nuggets are in here. But there's a, a question. Um, Colombia. <laughs> um, it's it's a two part question actually because I'm wondering is it is it also an calculated risk to start doing business outside of Jamaica? I don't know uh, why. Listen, I don't know. I think you guys are. I don't know why you think that I have all of this this grand plan. No, this is. You speak Spanish? Barely. Barely. <laughs> barely. I literally I I pay charades every single day here, but literally what i suppose this this feeds into the therapy thing is that i booked a ticket to come to Colombia to, to colombia last month just to get away for like a week plot twist i ended up moving here <laughs> so it's not all it's i no i'm just it's not you're, that you're, just going, you're just going with the flow basically so, 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 Anna, so after I got back from vacation that time, I so I went, I stayed in Colombia for two weeks. I extended mm-hmm. my ticket and everything, stayed in two weeks, stayed for two weeks. But when I went back to Jamaica, I spent like another two weeks just maxing out should I do this? Should I do this? Should I do this? Pros, cons, what should I do? Where am I going to live? What, what would this look like for my businesses? So, all of that was planned, but I planned it in two weeks. And now, I've been here for like a month and I still don't know the word for polypa things, but charades it is. <laughs> All right, so 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 Anna, Anna, you must learn to Spanish, man. Give me a little Spanish. Give me, give me something. Give, I know give, how give to order coffee. I know how to order coffee. Must, must. Uh, <laughs> I, I, order one thing. 
But the one thing you know, you had to know yeah. that for sure. I learned that. And it's Megustaria on a Tasa de Cafe, por favor. I even learned the word for almond milk. Leche de almendras, see? I'm getting there. I know. That's all I need. That's all I need. Throw it in dictionary. That's all I need. That's it. That's it. I can act out everything else. But even in some point where your businesses are, you don't necessarily have to physically be there and you have teams and, you know, personnel put in place to where you can do this type of move. And you're still able to run your business, you're still able to be a um, functioning entrepreneur. And I think another benefit is, I think, are most of stuff online? Online based? Yeah, so uh, my coaching business is, I'm going to say 100% online. Uh-huh. Um, my other businesses are not, but my brother, who is my youngest sibling, he and I work very closely together. So he's in Jamaica now. So wherever I need to do anything like physically in person, He'll just show up on my behalf. It's it's rarely though because I do have systems in place. So it's just like whenever I need, I don't have to book a ticket to come back unless, for example, I do um, speaking engagements. I do corporate workshops. Naturally, I can't send my brother to go do those. So I, I come back, but I try to batch them. So for example, I'm coming back to Jamaica in three weeks because I have two workshops to, well, three workshops to do, but I batch them. So they're all going to be around the same time. Uh, okay, okay. So so let's 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 take everything around to the final bend now. Um, mm-hmm. You know, final stretch here. You 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 say you don't really plan, and then may say a plan. All right, boy, all these things may say. No, I so, mean, so, no, right. I think what you're thinking is she that plans, I have this. So calculated. Yeah. So whenever. What, whenever I think, so let me give you an example. I already see that this is, is what's going to happen. I, I, I just come to Colombia based on vibes, but yeah. I'm pretty sure I'm going to like book up in some Colombians who are in finance. I'm going to be like, oh my God, maybe I could do this to further that purpose. Mm-hmm. And then that's, that's usually how it goes. And in that, I start planning. That's usually right. how it goes. Okay, okay, okay. All right, all right, no problem. <laughs> all right, but now I appreciate it. So, leading around the final bit now, um, you know, we usually ask our guests to just leave a little word of wisdom for those people who are on journeys, who are, um, you know, are facing difficulties, um, trying times. Uh, it's not always about difficulties and trying times, but also about the wisdom they've learned by living through um, positivity as well. So, you know, you're a genuine person. Um, to be in finance, you have to be somewhat motivational because some of these clients really need it, right? So, you know, share a little wisdom with um, those listening right now, um, you know, about, you know, pursuing purpose, right? That's what you've been speaking about. That's really the theme of this whole podcast so far that, I can relate to you, um, a direct correlation. So like, um, you know, share a few words for anybody who might be listening, who might be lost and they haven't found their purpose yet. I can actually give you just four words. Run your own race. It starts there. Stop caring what society thinks. Figure out what makes, what um, uh, fuels your, uh, your gifts, your talents. Then you build out from there. Again, you can't focus on other people because even when you start building out your passion, building out your talents, your gifts, you can't get distracted, especially when you start making some money. You're going to want to do what Joneses are doing, but run your own race. There's no reason why. Did you know that there's one time in my life I was drinking, um, I don't even know what they call bottles of tequila. I hate tequila. I don't know why I was doing that. Well, I do know. I was doing that because all the... Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, the circle I was hanging out with, the uptown bridge people, they were drinking Don Julio and all these things. And I'm supposed to be drinking yeah. Don Julio. I hate it. But you need to just focus on your own, run your own race. That's literally it. Mm. All right. No, no, it's I love that. Love that. Oh. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, That's <Spanish>. definitely. Sir? <laughs> Come matter with me. <laughs> Now, we're pressure enough for the episode already, man. All right, so I know. Um, leave a 
Activa contact um, phone number. Where can we find it? Search into the Money Society. My website, almost anything that, all right, two, two platforms, three platforms, almost anything you could possibly need from me, you can get one of the three places. The first is anapalomino.com, A-N-N-A-P-A-L-O-M-I-N-O.com. If you want to book whatever you want to book, it's all there. You don't need to send email or whatever. If you do that, it's, it's going to get lost. It's going to be delayed, all of that. Just go on the site and just book whatever you want. I would, I would have to show up if you just book it. Right. Right. Um, right. If you want a book, a copy of the book, the website. If you want, um, what, just go on the website. I don't know what else is on the website. But <laughs> go there. Right. Uh, or my Instagram page, Anna the Money Coach. If you want free information, just bits here and there. Um, it doesn't just have to be financial. I give all. I share all sorts of things. You can go on that page, AnnaPalomino.com on Instagram, or you can go on my YouTube channel for more structured information. Uh, Anna Novia is the name of that channel. So one of those three places. All right, excellent, excellent. And 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 your barista is coming soon, right? If you're a woman who loves coffee so much, you have to have it out on Actually, I think, uh, boy, so before I came here, I was off of coffee. I decided, I, I even announced, you know, to the whole social media, you know, that I stopped drinking coffee. It's not 10 days. I'm so proud of myself. And then I landed here and saw that coffee was like less than 100 Jamaican dollars. I <laughs> know I'm like, what? Anna Palomino, everybody. Um, Anna, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you very much for sharing your wisdom on your journey on purpose on life. Um, it, it was very nice to see how open you were. It's very nice to see a young woman getting the bag, you know, um, I, I, I really appreciate um, the time that you've taken because, you know, you could be using this time to make some money. So um, we're definitely going to be in contact in the future. Anybody who wants to contact, and I have the contact information. Join the Money Society. In the, <laughs> description. in the Money Society, um, all of that stuff. So um, Anna, thank you again very much. And people listening all over the world, thank you very much for staying in tune with us. All right, peace.